Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. And today I'm joined by my podcast partner, Rachel Levin. Welcome back to the show, Rachel. Oh, do you mean uh, my show, Michael? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, today Rachel has a fantastic interview that we're going to hear. Rachel, can you tell us about it? Well, Michael, I thought this moment would never come. And I know our listeners are going to be really excited (laughs) to hear me uh, finally doing an interview. I got to sit down with Anna Navarro, who's a CNN commentator, regular guest on The View, and Republican strategist. And she joined Dr. Gita Nair, who's the chief medical officer for Salesforce. So we discussed the vaccine rollout and how that's going in India and Latin America and all the ongoing challenges there. And we also talked about what people here in the U.S. should be thinking about as more and more places continue to open up. I mean, you know, Michael, here in the Bay Area, the numbers of infection are so low, you know, and we finally have opened up the whole state of California. So it's kind of easy to feel like, hey, you know, this is over. But as Dr. G really points out, you know, if we don't continue to all do our part, that's not going to be the case for the rest of the world, especially as people start traveling and traveling internationally. So I think it really, you know, it was a very positive conversation, but it also was sobering and saying like, hey, we can't let our guard down, you know, enjoy this moment right now, but let's all do our part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, let's get into your conversation, Rachel, with Anna Navarro, CNN commentator and Republican political strategist, and Dr. Gita Nair, chief medical officer of Salesforce. So welcome to the show, Dr. Gita and Anna Navarro. So happy to have you guys here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great. So, Anna, I'd like to start with you. President Biden this month announced that the U.S. will give millions of vaccine doses to other countries. Tell me more about this. How could this impact global efforts to end the pandemic? Well, we've seen the impact already. President Biden committed on behalf of the United States half a billion. And he was in Europe. He was meeting with European leaders. He was meeting with NATO leaders, G7 leaders and other leaders from the G7 committed to another half a billion. So together now, it's a billion doses. Look, um, Dr. Gita descends from India. I was born in Nicaragua. We know the desperation that there is in some of these developing nations uh, with less access to the vaccines to get their hands on vaccines. It's one of the reasons why it pains me so much to see um, many Americans take our privilege for granted. And we've seen the power of medical diplomacy, for lack of a better term, in the past. We've seen it when George W. Bush was president and how much he invested in fighting malaria, fighting AIDS in Africa through PETFAR. And so I think it's a very good thing because the this pandemic, COVID-19, has taught us all that we are all in this together, regardless of whether you are in Miami or you are in Wuhan, regardless of whether you are in London or you are in Liberia, we're all in this together. And it's to our collective benefit to see it eradicated from the globe. Yeah. And to that point, you know, millions of those surplus vaccines are earmarked for India. And Dr. G, can you tell us a little bit more about what's happening there? I mean, you also have obviously a very close connection to the country. So I'd love to hear about your family story and then just what is happening in general right now. What's the situation? 
Sure. So first of all, I, I appreciate the question and I really appreciate Anna's comments, right? I, I think the one thing that at this point in the pandemic we need to remember is that we are all brothers and sisters. Wherever we are from, we are connected. And what happens in one part of the forest affects the other. So while our forest has put out the fire, the fire is still in the forest. And what we're seeing happening in India is tremendously devastating. It is catastrophic. I have personally lost two close family members after doing everything we possibly could here domestically. And it is a very bittersweet time for many Indian Americans who are enjoying the privilege of being in the United States and where we are coming somewhat out of the pandemic while really just helplessly watching on the sidelines while things play out halfway across the globe. So I think it's a really important warning that number one, this could come back to us. We're already seeing a lot of those ramifications in the Delta variant, which is thought to have been coming from India. And it is just a reminder that we are not done until every brother and sister around the globe is out of this. We are not going to see the end of this pandemic. And speaking about that, Anna, you mentioned, obviously, um, former President George Bush, the political efforts, if we can say, like medical diplomacy. But we're also seeing private efforts. You know, Salesforce lend a big hand to India. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Dr. G, and, and talk a little bit more about this private public relationships and how they have impacted the situation? Sure. So first of all, I'm a very proud position leader at, at a company like Salesforce that considers itself part of the global community. We've done what we can, I think, as a private corporation. We've done more than that. We've not only donated and partnered with, with organizations on the ground, such as Give India, United Way of Hyderabad. We've donated upwards of a million dollars, as well as a plane full of oxygen concentrators, pulse oxes. Again, very proud of these efforts, but I would say that more is needed from both the public and private sectors, right? This pandemic is so catastrophic and so beyond what any of us could imagine that more public and private partnerships and keeping an eye on, on getting to the end is really going to be critical. Anna, talk to me more about what's happening right now in Latin America. I know your family is originally from Nicaragua. You kind of touched on that briefly right now. Can you tell me a little bit more about the situation there and how you see um, governments responding? I think governments are responding differently depending on the government, depending on the level of transparency, depending on the level of uh, democracy and the level of corruption. In places like Nicaragua, there's been no transparency. There's very little access to vaccines. The Nicaraguan haves have mostly come to the United States or other countries where they can get access to the vaccines. But most Nicaraguans, most Latin Americans are have-nots and who can't hop on a plane and come to Miami to get vaccinated. So there's um, they're lagging far behind. We saw the terrible tragedy in Brazil and what that has meant. It also impacts the economy. It impacts tourism. People don't want to go to places like Rio. They don't want to go surf in Nicaragua until they know that it is safe and it's not a hot uh, zone for COVID. So it's devastating. It's devastating in many ways. And that's why it's so important for the international community and the private sector to get together and donate more vaccines to people who need them around the globe. What can individuals do um, right now to be kind of helping with that effort? I think uh, in the United States, individuals can encourage their circle, encourage their network to get vaccinated, 
to feel grateful for the fact that in this country we have that kind of access and availability of vaccines. And individuals wanting to help the developing countries can find organizations to donate to that are providing vaccines, takes a little research, and certainly support companies like yours that are donating vaccines. I think we can do a lot. Not all of us are doctors. Not all of us can go to these countries and help out in person. So a lot can be done through social media, through our networks, and a lot can be done through our pockets. Mm-hmm. And I know that this crisis hit pretty close to home, Anna. You, I've, I've watched you know, on your Instagram feed that your husband at one point had COVID. My husband's son-in-law lost his father to COVID um, in uh, August of last year, and it was horrible. And then uh, a month and a half later, my husband got COVID. So it was very scary. And I think part of the reason that it was so scary is because we had just lost, we had just seen the the, the tragedy of that loss um, of my husband's um, son-in-law's father. And it probably really guided um, our uh, making the decision of going to the hospital and seeking treatment early, which made all the difference. By the time we got to the hospital, my husband had developed pneumonia, and um, but he got treatment early, and he was um, able to make it through. Um, you know, he's had he's had some issues with fatigue, some of the issues that we've read about, but he's doing well now. And I think it uh, it made us feel that much more appreciative and grateful for the development of a vaccine because we we knew that it wasn't a hoax, because we knew that it wasn't uh, a joke. It wasn't a conspiracy that this could kill people and this could really uh leave a a huge void and mark in people's families. So we took it seriously. And the minute vaccines were available to our age groups, we were first in line and have had our entire family uh, vaccinated and everybody we know. And it's, you know, it's colored the way we, we act and we approach these vaccines. Right. I mean, it's a game changer. I I noticed that, you know, people are now obviously out and about. You were recently at a food festival there in Miami. How was that to feel kind of that return to normalcy again? Oh, my God. I felt like bursting out into song. I thought I was going (laughs) to start singing, uh, you know, Gloria Gaynor, I I will survive. It was great to be with people, to interact, to touch, to hug, to laugh, to drink, to eat, to eat and drink outside of the four walls of my kitchen. Right. Uh, (laughs) uh, Look, it was it was a celebration of life and of survival of the fact that we've made it. I do think there is a bit of PTSD and people Mm -hmm. are, um, you know, I got a lot of, of pushback from people because I was out and about, even though people knew I was vaccinated, I've posted about it. I've posted, you know, Mm -hmm. shots of me, pictures of me getting the shot, but people are still afraid. And I understand that, you know, we've been locked up in our homes for more than a year. It's left, I think, um, physical, consequence and a emotional and psychological one. And, and it's, it's almost like people, you know, have a need to continue having a, the security blanket that the mask provides. But I take my cues from the CDC. And if the CDC tells me that if I'm vaccinated, I can go out and enjoy dinner with friends and go out to events, 
I do, because I, I, I also think the pandemic, at least for me, has made me prioritize living life, enjoying life, living the moment. Carpe diem, seize the day, seize the moment, because it could all change from one minute to the other. In a big way. Definitely. And, and in speaking of that, Dr. G, this pandemic, you know, obviously, as Anna was talking about, has just changed our lives. We can't, and it's changing now back again, right? This kind of effort to kind of return to normalcy in, in countries where like that are lucky enough like ours that we have uh, the vaccine that's readily available. We can't really forget about those lessons. So how should we be thinking about health moving forward and managing health now that we're in this new phase? Sure. So, so the first thing I hope we've all learned is that prevention is worth an ounce of, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound in cure, right? Staying healthy, staving off any infection, you know, flu season's about to start here in, in the United States. So I hope that everyone's not just thinking about the COVID shot, but also their flu shot. The name of the game is a happy, healthy life, doing everything you can to prevent illness. And if you do have diabetes, hypertension, any chronic disease, just making sure you're handling that, right? Making sure you have a relationship with the doctor, you're going in to get your well visits, your regular visits. And and also just remembering, we talked a lot about flattening the curve regionally. Now it's about ending the global cycle. To really get out of the pandemic, we have to end this for the whole world. And that means starting number one with getting yourself vaccinated, getting any family members, friends vaccinated. And then of course, doing your part either to donate, pitch in, help those around you, help those that you may not know across the globe, but understand that we truly are in this together. And there's a little bit of, of karma, and maybe this is because I am from India, right? What goes around comes around. So unless we help put the fire out in the whole forest, it would be a mistake to think this will not come back here domestically again. And again, there's a lot yet to be known and understood about the Delta variant, many other variants that could potentially continue to evolve if you all are not vaccinated. So Anna, talk to me about what lessons governments around the world have learned from this pandemic. Taking it seriously uh, from day one, listening to the experts, responding immediately, having a level of preparation and not feeling that we are invulnerable uh, to to these pandemics. And frankly, I think the most important lesson that we that I hope we learned as a country is not to politicize medical emergencies. I think we lost time. We lost lives. We lost efficacy in responding because it was politicized. COVID, like almost everything else in this country, became a political football. And there are things that should be above partisanship and above politics. And certainly a global pandemic is one of those things. Do I, do I get to say amen? Can I say amen? Is that okay, Rachel? <laughs> you can, Dita. Dr. G, go for it. <laughs> And for you, Dr. G, what would you say those lessons are um, in terms from the medical community point of view? Listen, I, I think Anna nailed it. Look, science is science. It doesn't matter where you are on the globe. We all have the same human body and the facts are the facts. This is not a religious issue. This is not a political issue. You know, what I see happening now, not just with COVID, but as we think about digital credentialing, vaccine passports, let's not continue to make the same mistake as we try to get out of this pandemic. The next phase to this is, right, first, everyone has to get vaccinated. Secondly, we have to talk about documentation and how are we going to sort of ensure that if we are going to have big gatherings, how do we do that safely? So it's also a time to get realistic and pragmatic. 
And, and again, please, please, science should lead the way independent of any partisanship, any religious affiliation. This really does affect all of us equally, but has disastrous effects on, on the have-nots, as Anna mentioned uh, before. So I think those of us that are in the haves, we, we have to do the right thing for everyone involved because we have the ability to, we have the responsibility to. And, and thinking about, you know, a little bit of a brighter future, Anna, you have some interesting projects coming up. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I've got a few things in the hopper that I'm excited about and that uh, means I, you know, have to figure out how to put on a pair of Spanx, lose some weight, put on real clothes, real shoes, <laughs> and at one point uh, stop living life through Zoom. <laughs> I'll say amen to that. <laughs> I feel you on that too. Um, and and what about you, Dr. G? What what should people be thinking about now? Summer's rolling around, lots of folks, you know, vacations, they're thinking about how getting out in the world again. What message do you have for them? Sure. So first, by all means, celebrate, join your friends and family that, you know, that are vaccinated, follow, continue to follow public health expert guidelines in your region, in your country. Uh, where you live. But please don't forget your brothers and sisters around the globe. Again, the only way, the last mile out of this pandemic is how we treat all of our brothers and sisters globally. And so remembering, number one, to get vaccinated. Two, to please ensure the folks around you are vaccinated. And, and three, to do whatever you can to help those folks, even the ones you may not know around the globe. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. And Dr. G as well. Thank you very, very much. Have a nice day, guys. Thanks, team. That was Ana Navarro, CNN commentator and Republican political strategist, with Dr. Gita Nair, Chief Medical Officer of Salesforce. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Rebo. And I'm Rachel Levin. Rachel, thank you for that great interview today. And we're from Salesforce Studios. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. <laughs>